From the Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson Eleanor looked up, surprised. The little girl was sliding back in her chair, sullenly refusing her milk, while her father frowned and her brother giggled, and her mother said calmly, She wants her cup of stars. Indeed, yes, Eleanor thought. Indeed, so do I. A cup of stars, of course. Her little cup, the mother was explaining, smiling apologetically at the waitress, who was thunderstruck at the thought that the mill's good country milk was not rich enough for the little girl. It has stars in the bottom, and she always drinks her milk from it at home. She calls it her cup of stars because she can see the stars while she drinks her milk. The waitress nodded, unconvinced, and the mother told the little girl, You'll have your milk from your cup of stars tonight when we get home, but just for now, just to be a very good little girl, will you take a little milk from the glass? Don't do it, Eleanor told the little girl. Insist on your cup of stars. Once they have trapped you into being like everyone else, you will never see your cup of stars again. Don't do it. And the little girl glanced at her and smiled a little subtle, dimpling, wholly comprehending smile and shook her head stubbornly at the glass. Brave girl, Eleanor thought. Wise, brave girl. This is Gothic. Once upon a time on the Gothic podcast. I think what I want to do is like put the sword to the side, like non-threatening and like slowly approach like, Isabella, are you feeling quite all right? Isabella? No. She holds up the book, opens it. On a blank page there are written three words in large bloody letters. My name is Haven Isabel Harrow. And then Isabella or Haven takes her bloody pen and writes again in the book, and then she holds it up so that you can see what she has written. Four words. Remember who you are. Grace and Lori, you are in the Church of Bledson, that ancient edifice, and Isabella has just said her, what she's calling her real name, Haven Isabel Harrow. And then she writes something in the book that she has, something that she writes with that pen that is drenched in the blood of the priest, your contact, Grace, that is still sprawled across the altar behind her, still dripping blood from its severed throat down onto the dais upon which the altar stands. But Isabella writes something in the book, and then she holds it up so that you can see and there are four words there. Remember who you are. And suddenly, memories not your own, but your own, flood into your minds. They overwhelm you for a moment. In fact, I need, Lori and Grace, I need you to roll act under pressure rolls. Act under pressure, the only role in the game. We're using uh, Gothic Then stats right now, right? You are, yes. I had a terrifically auspicious role. What did you roll? <laughs> yeah, mine was a very auspicious role as well. Um, I rolled a nine plus my one cool is a ten. 
Oh, see, yours was actually auspicious. I was being um, sarcastic because I rolled a total of four. <laughs> Do I get experience as gothic then? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> this will be important in season five. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. I would love that. <laughs> I want to, by season five, I want to be that meme of that guy with, like, the pieces of paper and all the string connecting it, and he's like, you know. <laughs> okay, so, I'm sorry, what did you get, uh, Sharon? Four. Four. <laughs> so you did indeed, Mark, experience no way to get help out of that one. Yeah, no, uh, it's bad. So, Grace, Dr. Grace, Grace, Dr. Grace, Grace, Dr. Grace, you clutch your head and slump to the floor. Uh, take one harm. Oh. Psychic damage. Psychic damage. Oh, shoot. Wait, there's what psychic damage not... now? Wait, is this... Is this... Welcome to season two. Is this armor-defeating psychic damage? It's armor-defeating psychic damage. <laughs> it's armor-defeating psychic damage. Okay. Am I, like, looking on her pityingly because I know the pain that it can be to go back and forth between identities? Yes, indeed you are. Hello, Kirsten. Welcome to our Haven Harrow. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Lori, LJ, LJ, Lori, LJ. Yes, LJ. Lori's there, but it's mostly, yes, LJ. You remember now. You remember the door to the library. You remember Lazarus Kane standing there. You remember, you remember Jacob candle lifting his gun you even remember hearing a gunshot you think but but yeah but you also remember lori a thousand years of lori but you are able to grok all of this you're able to deal with it in part because lori his their mind is different anyway but lj often just rolls with the punches and and here you are, rolling with some pretty big punches, but still rolling. Grace, Dr. Grace, you're still both, and it's hard to separate. It's Dr. Grace in the tunnels below the opera house in Paris. It's Grace who is somehow building a device to talk with some goo in a, in a van. It's Grace who doesn't really know what a van is. It's Dr. Grace who doesn't know why she knows how to sing and and yeah it's just so very very much for you um at the moment and yes looking on all of this is isbella haven harrow what do you do haven 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 lj what is going on i think i figured it out just take a minute you'll get used to it but like I was an angel. And I was Isabella. I remember everything as Isabella, but I'm Haven, and you're LJ. Well, I get that now, but how? And where? And WTF, yo! (laughs) Do! Grace, you can pull yourself back as more Grace than Dr. Grace. I I get up on, uh, on one knee and just like, am there for a minute as I make sure that my legs are still there before I stand back up. <sighs> Haven, what have you done? What is that? What is this book that you have? What did you, what did you do? Well, I think 
if I take this pen and write in this book something true, then it happens. So when I write, remember who you are, you remember who else you've been. Do you remember Dr. Grace? Do you remember we were friends? You and, and LJ and I as kids, and we worked together. Do you remember yet? And at that, you hear this horrible, horrible scream behind you. Oh, no, Nathan it's like, Redbone. <laughs> and you turn, and you see it's not Nathan Redbone. Oh, no. It's Chauncey Candlewick. And he is clutching his head and blood is running from his nose and his ears. And he is collapsed to the ground in a fetal position. Chance? And at that same moment, something crashes against the stained glass windows of the Church of Bledson. And then they burst shattering inward from different sides. Three different windows burst inward. And standing there, pulling themselves through great stone wings behind them, are the gargoyles of Castle Kane. Awesome. MFs. Don't like those. Roll, roll initiative. Wait, wrong game. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Haven, you are fully Haven Harrow, except in, in physical okay. form. So you have you are using the Haven Harrow playbook. I, I am. Uh, what am I wearing, though? Am I still dressed as Isabella? You are still dressed as Isabella. Gotcha. So physical stuff is all the same. You do have the pin and the book. But I'm hampered by skirts and period yes. clothing. Okay. Probably pretty grimy. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I've been dragged through it. And bloody. <laughs> We've gone through a lot of stuff this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what's the biggest threat? Um, what dangers are going on? I just kind of want to assess the situation. Thinking as both Lori and as... LJ. Okay. Well, read a bad situation. Oh, damn it. <laughs> that's another dice roll. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you have to make rolls. Okay. Um, am I going with Lori or... Go with Lori. Because... Go, go with Lori's rolls since we're in Lori world. You are in Lori world. <laughs> we're all in Lori world. Lori land. Lori land. <laughs> I like Haven. that better. Lori land. <laughs> so I roll with Lori because I'm in Lori land. That's Haven good. is a special case. <laughs> That's good, because my sharp is definitely better as Lori. Um, uh, nine total. Hold one. Can I help out and see if I can make that a ten? Um, sure. Help out is not something that I do very often. Oh, it's cool, because of course it is. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, no, you rolled it. It's a, th it's, a th it's a three. Wow. So there's some more experience for Grace. Oh, yeah, huh? Go ahead and ask your question, Lori. LJ, LJ, Lori. What's the biggest threat? The gargoyles bursting through the windows. <laughs> Golly. That's what I'm going to say. So would you like to ask a different question? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to go into defense mode. And uh, what's the best way to protect Grace and Isabella? You see them up there in the windows and they look around and you realize that to protect them, it's going to have to be getting them out of here and maybe somehow trapping them inside the church. But before you can really act on that, uh, one of them leaps out of its window perch and in a great sweep of stone wings, 
which you don't even know how that can be since part of your mind is working as LJ's, but in a great sweep of stone wings, just rushes down and just plows into Grace. Oh, dear. Can I stab it upon my sword that I have? Which I definitely have this time. I have a sword, and you can't have it. (laughs) Well, because this is a hard move based off of your recent failure, (laughs) no. In fact, your sword goes skittering across the floor. No! (laughs) No! Well, as we all know, the pen is mightier than the sword, so I take my pen and I write in my book... (laughs) We are together in a safe place. Okay. Oh, shit. Before you have a chance to do that, though, Haven, uh, Grace, you take two harm, not armor defeating. I I still have the Quirus on, I think. You do, yeah. Right? Okay. So two, but they're not armor defeating. Okay, cool. And Haven, I will need you to roll Act Under Pressure, because you did just have some fairly traumatic experiences. And just to re-clarify, that's 2d6. 2d6. Okay. Uh, plus cool, so that's a nine. You write in the book, we are together in a safe place, and you feel reality wobble a little bit, but not give way. You realize that there is a difference between writing something that is true in the book and writing something you want to be true. It can, however, still have an effect. So what I want you to do is roll use magic. Just in a general way. Uh, Yeah, we'll look at the options for um, the spell here in a second. Plus two. It's plus weird. So plus two uh, is 11. Nice. You could actually use it. You have the list there? Yes. I mean, you can look through and see what you like, uh, but Barring a place or portal to a specific person or type of creature sounds pretty good. Yes, I would like to bar a place to a specific type of creature, specifying that it is a type of creature that wishes us harm. Is that allowed? Well, you might have to be very specific about uh, these gargoyle things. Yeah. Because it does say specific person or type of creature. All right, fine. If I'm not able to finesse it, then I'll just specify the gargoyles. (laughs) We haven't met very many creatures that do not wish us harm in this world. <laughs> right, which is kind of why I wanted to broaden the category a little bit. <laughs> in case something started. Even Mr. Candlewick, I think, intended harm, man. As Haven or Isabella writes in the book again, something happens. There's a warping in the world. It's not quite as strong as she would like it to be, and it doesn't quite have the effect that she wanted, but it works. And there is a force that radiates out from the book. The gargoyle that is clawing at uh, at Dr. Grace, at Grace, at Dr. Grace, see, I can say both now, <laughs> is flung off of her. A, an almost golden hemisphere expands outward from where Haven Isbella is and encompasses all of you to create this dome over you, and the gargoyles quickly start throwing themselves against it. But for now, it's holding. But you can hear their attacks on it. It's thoom, thoom, thoom. Not overly pleasant, but it has, for the moment, gotten the gargoyles to a safer distance. 
Chauncey Candlewick is still in the fetal position. Nathan Redbone, though, is looking around with horror at the scene and at the uh, gargoyles. What the hell, man? Nathan says. I mean, no, really. What the ever-loving hell? I. How much more of this can we take? So Nathan's just like uh, standing there in the church. <laughs> yeah, Nathan Redbone is just standing there near uh, between um, Grace and uh, Chauncey. Oh wow! <laughs> Nathan, get out! Get away from here! Uh, I, there's a gargoyle between us and the door. There's gargoyles beating <laughs> on this dome thing. Oh, is it over that all of us? Little girl who just apparently also killed that guy is, and there's blood, and there's blood, and he points at doc, uh, at Grace slash Doctor Grace, and there's blood, and he points at himself, and <laughs> it's been a very long night. <laughs> Nathan, do you recall anything that happened previously? I'm not talking about the last few days. I am freaked out. Okay, Nathan. Do you remember anything about a different life? There's something. It's weird. There's something about uh, about Texas, and I am... Nathan was Nathan! I was... <laughs> <laughs> the secret truth is revealed! <laughs> and I... I was at the house. Whose house was I at? I, I don't... I, the, uh, and he rubs his head. Grace, how are you? Not awesome. Honestly, uh, I'm uh, unstable in more ways than one. Can I try and use magic again to heal harm? Um, sure. I would like to use magic again and heal. Are you going to try to use the book or are you going to try to use uh, the powers innate to Haven Harrow? Well, I've just realized that writing a not truth in the book comes with a cost. So I think I'd l- like to just try and use my native magic. So is that just a regular roll? Use magic plus weird. <laughs> Unless you have a special move. Um, so that's a seven. Seven is fine. There is a glitch. It's fine. Um, no, really. It's, a f- it's fine. Okay. So you may choose an effect and a glitch. Uh, it heals one harm, but I take it myself. Okay. It passes to me whatever wound she has. So how does this look, Haven? What do you do? I look at her very fiercely. I look at the wound very fiercely. And under my fierce stare, it, the flesh knits back together and becomes whole. And simultaneously... An identical wound opens on my own flesh and starts to bleed. Lori's used to that sort of thing. I love that mental image, though. You're just like, how dare you? <laughs> I'm, I'm going back to when I healed Grace and she was burned by the hellhound and I start smoking after I healed oh, Grace. God, that's <laughs> this has happened multiple times. Also, after the armor, like uh slashed my spine out and you were like oh it's fine i'll just take that (laughs) grace i need you to make another act under pressure as those memories of those wounds (laughs) double up with the memories of all the pains that you have taken as dr grace uh yeah my streak keeps going it's another four 
<laughs> okay. Sorry. That's going to be another psychic Christ. harm. And the dome under the assault of the gargoyles begins to press inward, becoming smaller and smaller. What do you do, Lori? Hey, Haven. I mean, it's Bella. How do we get out of here? You seem to have some power over this pen and book. And I have memories of Luna. And I think it is time we end the charade and just move away from this existence. I don't really feel it's a lot I can work with here. Okay. Okay. And so I say, LJ, I'm, I'm going to have to disappoint you. I am learning about this book as I go. And I don't quite know what the extent of its powers are. I'd really like to get out of here and experiment a little bit. But I may need your help to do that. Well, could you write us into another story? Something that would remove us from this predicament that we're in. I could maybe write us into our alternate reality, but I don't know what would happen to Nathan and Chauncey if I were to do that. Well, Chauncey, uh, Chauncey would come with us, presumably. I'm not sure what would happen to Nathan. Would he go back to his own reality? It seems like he's struggling to remember. He also did have some memories. So I feel like he's tied into the story somehow. And I think it's time to take that step. Haven, go ahead and roll Investigate a Mystery for me. That's right. It is plus sharp. Investigate that. Six. <laughs> Welcome to another experience. <laughs> okay. As you start to write something, you're not even sure what you're going to try to write in the book. But you realize that the pen has run dry. Oh, shoot. Grace, what do you do? You're bleeding out. I thought they were psychic wounds. Oh, you're bleeding out in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be enough if you were to... Oh, never mind. The pen's dry. Never mind. Um, you're going a little mad. <laughs> this, this is, this, this is too... This, do you know how many things we faced tonight? The kind of things we faced under the castle. What if this is just a psychological trick that's being played on us? What if we're still under there? Laurie? Wh yes, Grace. How could, how could, I mean, how could this, I don't know. As Grace struggles to remember, I take the pen, which I'm imagining as an old um, ink pen. I take the pen and dip it in the open wound uh, to fill it with blood. <laughs> in your own open wound? Oh my God. Gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it can write now. Gnarly. <laughs> right? And the... The, the blood in the pin uh, sparks. Like with electricity? A little bit. I have electric blood. <laughs> Static electricity, yeah. Gore. And what do you want to write in the book? I write, we return to our 21st century incarnations. Unless anyone has a better suggestion on wording. Grace, roll one more. Act under pressure with a plus one. <laughs> okay. I'm going back to using a box of rolling instead of just like flinging it on top of my thing. So that's, that one's crooked. <laughs> it was very crooked. It's a, it's a 12. Nice. For once in my life. Very well, Dr. Grace. Mm -hmm. You now can separate the memories. The memories of Grace rather than Dr. Grace are more like something you read than something that you experienced. That's the same for you, LJ, as as you're able to gain a greater hold over the conflicting memories in your head. And Haven has already managed this. And now, confined within that dome, 
those of you all connected here in that way, there is a shifting and you fade away from this reality, non-reality, whatever it is, this book world, Lori Land. <laughs> and as you do so, you see the dome give way, but you don't see anything after that here because you aren't here anymore. Where you are, the air smells of brimstone and old books and maybe a little bit of cardboard and lace too. <laughs> it is the library of the house and it is dark. The drapes are pulled across the windows, but not well. And beyond them, it is night. We are alive. Sorry. <laughs> the four of you lie on the floor within the fading light of the runes of power that circle you. And it feels like they took you away only moments before when you confronted or were confronted by Lazarus Kane here in this space. Moments or lifetimes. Dust drifts through the stale air. And the four of you are Haven Harrow, Dr. Grace Morrow, L.J. Bradley, and Nathan Redbone. But Nathan Redbone doesn't look like Nathan Redbone anymore. I mean, some of his features are kind of the same, but he mostly, uh, he looks like he's in his 40s. He has thinning red hair. Looks a little bit like Simon Pegg. <laughs> awesome. As always, he's the one to recover first and say the first pithy thing that comes to his mind. And he says, well, holy hell, <laughs> that was a ride, wasn't it? <laughs> I sit up and I scooch over to Haven. Haven, are you, are you all right? I think I'm all right. I'm a little dizzy, I'll be honest. And where is Jacob? Um, what? He reacted, he seemed to react rather badly to the memories that you wrote in the book. Worse than uh, <laughs> I did. Well, how would you react if someone wrote in a book, remember who you are and you're hundreds of years old and have committed so many crimes against yourself and humanity that you can't even count them, but now you remember all of them? <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know, how would you feel LJ being a thousand years old? But uh, then you said the crimes against humanity part. <laughs> LJ used his time perhaps more prudently and wisely. <laughs> LJ had the peyote years. He's already had that experience. <laughs> yes. Many years on the shrooms. Wow. Uh, so, okay, we're back, right? What happened to Kane? And what is Redbone doing here, man? Uh... Right. Um, well, my name is uh, Nathan Red Winters. You can call me Red or Nathan. Don't much care. All right, Red. Where do you come from and what is your story, dude? I come from Texas <laughs> and I run a drive-in theater down there. And me and my, my girlfriend, we got a, a, a couple of tickets uh, to come here and and and, you know, experience the house i mean i love horror movies and and it's it's i i couldn't think of anything better i mean everybody knows about the how cool the houses are hmm. okay so you know about the house haven yeah how did he get involved in our story was he one of the ones disappeared earlier uh mr winters were you here at the house in 2018 or was it was it um it was the Macon, Missouri house, not one of the other franchise locations. Um, no, I was in Macon. Um, that's the one. Yeah, I, I came here. It's it's April 14th, 2018. So not one of the disappearances that uh, Haven, you had noted previously. Right. 
And it is still a little hard to sort out your own memories. I remember a lady calling out for red. Very good. Then you do. No, I do. I remember that. Where did I? There was a lady that was... Yeah, I don't remember. You were here. Did Chauncey tell did us Did you about? say it was your fiancé or your girlfriend? Oh, uh, yeah. She's my girlfriend. Your girlfriend. She was looking for you in the halls, but... She's blonde, kind of gothy, but blonde. She likes to... I mean, she calls herself a, a blonde goth. Right. Her, her name... Her name's Haley. Oh, Jacob did tell us about that. Okay. How did you get separated? Uh, well, um, <laughs> uh, to be right honest, uh, I was uh, invited up to the study with um, uh, Mr. Kane. Kane. And he offered me a drink and offered me to uh, uh, show me some of the books in his library. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not as big on the books, but uh, ah. I, I, it's not that I don't read, but I'm not going to turn down to see what the library of, of Lazarus Cain looks like. So uh, we went in, and then it's a little blurry after that. Where is Cain now? A little bit of Lordy bleeds <laughs> through. Well, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, Haven, <laughs> Isabella, where is Cain now? Isn't he in a well? Um, I do remember that. That was very satisfying. However, I seriously almost spit out my wine. <laughs> For once, it wasn't me spitting out my alcohol onto myself. <laughs> Woohoo! Somebody else. <laughs> uh, LJ, uh, he stepped into the runes with us, with the three of us, um, both of us and Jacob. And my last memory of Kane is of sneaking into the library and being confronted by him. Huh. Rather similar to uh, what we did, Great Minds, and all that. It doesn't feel like a year to you, Haven. It just feels like it's it's blurry. Uh, it it feels like a lifetime, but it also just feels like a couple of days. So I remember being confronted by him in the library, and then I don't really remember much until my memories of Isabella pick up. Haven, Haven, look at me. Listen, tell me about the book. Tell me about the pen. What? is going on here. Tell me about your role, Dr. Grace, for Read a Bad Situation. Okay, Read a Bad Situation. Eh. Good news, guys. I'm back to my normal roles for this evening uh, with a uh, snake eyes plus one, so it's a three. Oh, wait, I am Dr. Grace now. Hold on, snake eyes plus two, so it's a four. <laughs> <laughs> That's a experience for Dr. Mm -hmm. Grace. Yep. There's a sound of movement outside the door. And a woman's voice, loud enough to hear, but in a whispered tone, I heard something from inside the library. And then the doorknob rattles. I locked the door. You, Dr. Grace, move to do so, <laughs> uh, but instead you trip and go sprawling because you're used to having legs. <sighs> These And things. although you do have your uh, prosthetics on, they, they require a different sort of balance, and you just don't have it. And so you go sprawling across the floor and you hear another voice outside say yeah there's definitely something definitely something in there i i heard it too um hold on and then you hear click of a revolver uh, being cocked back and the door rattles again but appears to actually already be locked now lj you have just inquired of uh, haven these things i don't know if you wish to do you know to go with something else Wait, 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 everybody. Shh. <laughs> Who is it? Can we discern anything from the voices at the door? Nathan frowns as if he's trying to 
get his own memories together. And he lifts his voice up and he says, Haley? And outside, Red? Red, is that you? And then there's a pounding on the door. Red! Um, before it opens, can I read a bad situation? What are you, what are you doing? Well, I, you know, somebody's got a gun. I don't know if, uh, so it's not just like an intuitive thing. I actually have to come up with a... You have to be doing something. Yeah. I mean, Haven is a weird one. Um, I could, I could maybe see an argument that she might sense things. Oh, she's very eccentric. So, yeah, all right, go ahead and, and roll Read a Bad Situation, plus sharp. Yes. Nine. Uh, hold one. So you get to ask one of those questions on the Read a Bad Situation list from the Hunter Agenda. Thank you. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? You hear the gun cock back, but you don't feel any real danger from that, especially once Nathan Red begins uh, talking and... The woman on the other side also starts pounding on the door and yelling his name out. And I don't hear any like extra level of stress in her voice beyond the basic relief of having found her partner. Right. Yes. As you are thinking this and it's how it's weird that you're not getting a real sense of fear or danger off of whoever's on the other side of the doors, Haven, you also realize that you're still holding the pin and... The blood on it did carry through, and it drips down from the end of the pin onto the floor, and it doesn't set the runes off, but they brighten a little bit. I say a very unladylike word, and I say... Oh, just say it. Uh, Red, that's your girl. Let's open the door and get out of here. Wait, what about... What about? Uh, yes, Red, certainly go, um, but there's, there's uh, one of us, not counting Kane, who went into the runes with us and is missing. What about Jacob? Haven, um, Jacob contacted me. Um, I, uh, I believe it was after you disappeared and uh, we've been in contact. He was uh, helping LJ and I upon this uh, hunt. And we can't leave him lost. That is certainly not my intention. I also wish to know where Kane is. If there's a wasp in the room, I like to see it. A wasp? That's a metaphor, LJ. If uh, if there's something nasty in the room, I would like to have my eye on it. I don't like not knowing where he is. Okay, man. I've heard of elephants in the room, but wasps? <laughs> I agree that recovering Jacob and figuring out exactly what Lazarus Kane is up to and his whereabouts are priority. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about figuring out what's up with this Kane guy. However, setting off runes... That we don't understand fully is perhaps not the best starting place. No, I agree. And um, Mr. Winters, you should certainly go back to your... In fact, Red is already over at the door, unlocking it and opening it. And he opens it to a pistol pointed <laughs> at him. But his girlfriend, uh, who you have seen before, LJ and Dr. Grace, yes. uh, who is in her late 20s, she's blonde. Uh, she's wearing a black neckband. Uh, she's also wearing a 50s dress with a, a skull buttons on it and Doc Martens. LJ has 50s flashbacks, but not literally. <laughs> Quite literally. LJ, act under pressure. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said anything. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't make you do that. <laughs> that would have been great, though. Oh, God, I'm back in the 50s. Oh, no. And she runs forward and throws her arms around him. And the person that is with them, who is 
a young man in his early 20s, uh, maybe 21, maybe, with brown hair, but cut very short. He's wearing a polo shirt and khakis, and he's got a um, light jacket on, and it appears that he's wearing a holster under that, which is where the revolver came from. The revolver itself is a classic, but looks like it's well-maintained, if anybody you know, knows those sorts of things. Jacob Candlewood, but he's not here. And he lowers the gun a little bit, but like just looks over everybody. He has a kind of a military air about him. Um, Red, do you know this man as well? Is he a friend of yours? He steps back and he's just got his hand kind of on uh, Haley's shoulder there. And he looks over at the guy and shakes his head. I, I don't know this one, Haley. And she says, oh, uh, yeah, this is... Um, this is uh, Hotspur. I thought you were going to say Ron Krauss, and I was like... <laughs> the guy that she just called Hotspur rolls his eyes and shakes his head and goes, I, I, I don't like that name. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I'm Hotspur Love. Arthur Love, shouts LJ. Yeah, that's my daddy. I know that. Uh, uh, the, uh, the book that Haven's holding is the notebook that Jacob found in Kane's office, right? Was it the same thing? Yes. Okay. And Arthur Love's name is in it. Haven, may I borrow that? Just for a moment, I'll give it back. Fine. <laughs> I'll uh, page through it. If I recall, there was just, uh, it was mostly blank except a page in the middle with a list of with names. four names on it. Yeah. Art Love, Chris Luther, Celia Cardwell, and Red Winters. Yes. Well, we've found one of these people. The others were all so missing, wait. if I recall. Anybody else here know these names as we call them out? And Haley says, yeah, we know all those names. Duh. <laughs> Haley's okay, on the so you know there was your grandpa, or dad. Was it dad or grandpa? It was, it was, it was his, her, his father. So Arthur was your dad. Who else knows Chris Luther? Chris Luther, um, his, uh, his partner's uh, downstairs right now, keeping watch. Um, Sean. And who knows Celia Cardwell? I, I mean, again... <laughs> uh, we kind of all know those names, but uh, her husband, uh, Chad, is also downstairs. Are these the people who disappeared? They, they, this was a, this was a recent, uh, if I remember correctly, these people were staying here in the house at the same time as we were. Yeah, and you guys have been gone for uh, almost a month now? Wait, what? no, wait, what? Yeah, we had to break in, she says. Obviously, and looks behind her kind of pointedly and at the flashlight that she's also holding in her hand that you didn't notice, but it's dark behind her. And that whole second floor is just dark. There's a little bit of light seeping up from below and a little bit of uh, starlight coming in from the um, oh, from those huge windows at the top of the house. Yeah, they've got it all closed down. <laughs> well, I suppose that's a positive thing. Nobody else this place. We weren't able to sneak back in until the um, cops got a little lax about everything. And, and so we were, we decided, um, I mean, we're running low on funds, some of us. And so we just, and then um, Hotspur says, well, not, uh, not Chad, he's not running short on any funds. And Haley goes, yeah, 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 <laughs> that's true. But, you know, some of us are running out of money for hotel rooms here. And so we just wanted to come back in and see if we could find anything. And here you are. And she goes and, and hugs Red again. Okay, Haven, seriously, are we here to rescue these people from Kane? 
I don't know. I've been missing for a year. I don't know any of these people. I don't have any memory of these people. Do you know that people are missing? I know that I was investigating missing people, but none of those names. And how did you find this book and start writing in it? I found the pen here in the library. I had just come in snooping and I saw it on the desk and it just drew me over and I had to pick it up. That's when Kane came in and my memories are a little fuzzy after that. He said something about my blood being blood of power and that it might allow him to cross over into all of himself. I, I don't know. It's very fuzzy, but, uh, but then I was Isabella and all of that happened at Castle Bledson. And then I found the priest with the book and he threatened me and he was trying to hurt me. And so I attacked him with the only weapon I had on me, which was this pen. And once, once it had blood in it, well, I just sort of felt I knew what to do. But I need to find Kane's notes to know exactly how this all works. Mm. I, I agree. Um, that would be, uh, his notes would be incredibly useful to have. Can we um, maybe snoop around in here or uh, in his office if it hasn't been cleared out in the month that we've apparently been gone? Oh, yeah, says Haley. I I mean, we were actually headed that way because the cops just pretty much locked everything up. And so we think that everything's here like it was. Uh, And I mean, there's been a whole big to do. It's been crazy out there, I got to tell you. Oh, I bet my van's been towed. There's, there's news vans everywhere. Okay, so like Haley, um, so what did you what did you know about us? Well, we had no idea, but I mean, we knew that everybody disappeared on the same day. That that was just too much. There was there was it, one maybe. I mean, I think they would have blown it off if it had been one person. But man, no. I mean, all of you. Um, so many. Out of curiosity, what has been uh, kind of the uh, prevailing theories put forth in the media? Uh, has anyone come forward about this? Who's who's taking charge of the house franchises now? Well, uh, that's also a little up in the air. It appears that Lazarus Kane had all sorts of provisions of course. in place for if he disappeared, which he has done, and and so. It's all, there's all these, like, I guess, shadow corporations and such mm. that are in place. We've been trying to investigate some of that, but we're, none of us are, you know, very good at that. Chad's been throwing his money around. Hotspur here, and Hotspur winces at his name again. <laughs> he has Navy contact. Before we go any further, Hotspur, Hotspur, I'm sorry, man. I want to know your real name. If you don't like Hotspur, I'll call you whoever you want. I know. That's, it's my name. It's what my daddy calls me. And Sometimes what parents call you... Hotspur's your birth are name? not what you prefer to be called. Do you have a name that you prefer? Uh, he didn't give me a middle name, and I never bothered to change it, and I'm in the military, so I get called this all the time. So I guess you could call me uh, Mr. Love, or... But, you know, really, Hotspur's fine. I, it's fine. All right. Well, sorry to intrude then, Mr. Love. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that's horrible too. I, my my family has saddled me with awful awful names. And then he he kind of jokes about it. He goes, "My name's Mr. Love." <laughs> huh. You're correct. That isn't better. 
and Haley says, but he's also an officer in the Navy. And, and so. So let's find Kane's study and see if we can get his notes. Um, yes, let's. Um, can I grab the, uh, I seem to recall we uh, saw a book fall from the shelves and like plop to the floor as we were like sucked into the runes. Can I go grab it and pick, take it with us? Yeah, it's actually still on the um, on the floor. It's got a, a little flag next to it with a number on the flag. Oh. <laughs> what? I'm removing evidence. I'm kidding. I don't think they actually cared about a book with a title like The Mysterious Castle of Bledson. Yes, they did enough to like put a tag marker next to it, but... But it is the, yes, it is the mysterious castle of Bledson. Well, not enough to collect it. It's a very strange feeling, uh, realizing that you've lived inside a work of fiction for... Oh, yeah. You, you flip a few pages, and it's your story. A, a month, apparently. And I rush over to you, and I say, this all makes sense. In, in what way? It's a book about your story. I need to find Kane's notes. This is all... Very jumbled, but... Yeah, yes, um, let's go. But bring that along. We do that. What do you do? We go to his office and look for his notes. Haley comes with you. Hotspur heads downstairs to tell the others. And uh, then you go next door to Kane's study, which is much like you remember it. Old wood, heavy furniture, uh, more books on the walls. But the the desk is covered in dust. Mm. The carpet on the floor is... A little bit more frayed looking than it looked before, perhaps, as a lot of traffic has come through here. But everything is pretty much as it was. It does look like things have been gone through. Haven, you're the one who knows what you're looking for. Sure. Go ahead and roll Investigate a Mystery for me. Seven. You start picking through stuff, and and in the volumes on the walls, you recognize some uh, tomes, some mystical tomes. But they're not, they're things that you could pick up in any occultism shop if they know what they're doing. And so that's not it. And you also think that, you know, any of Kane's personal notes would probably, would probably have been taken by the cops unless he had hidden them somewhere. So you start looking around for that. I kind of close my eyes and reach out with whatever sixth sense led me to the pen in the first place and has pulled me through all of this crazy stuff. And you look around and you think first, maybe the desk, maybe it has some secret compartments or something in it. But then you're like, no, this doesn't feel right. And you turn to his bookshelf behind the study and almost with your eyes closed, you reach up to a copy of Alice in Wonderland and you pull on it and the whole wall swings aside into a secret chamber. Oh my, I've always wanted to see one of these in real life. I nod decisively. (laughs) Haven, do you remember how when we were children, we used to fantasize about one of these? All the time. I'm not sure I'm going to want one now, I'll be honest. Um, Yes, uh, very much so. Um, Well, shall we? It's not a large room behind, but it is cozy and it is filled with occult books that you can't find at the local occultism store, and it is filled with notebooks that are just filled with writing. It will take a long time to go through all of it, but you are able to, if you're given a couple of hours, uh, to go through and find out the salient bits and pieces. Could we um, start with the most recent one and work backwards? 
Can we figure out which ones? That's the investigative reporter side of Havens gotcha. at work. And so, um, yeah, so that's going to happen. In that time, the others come up and kind of crowd around in the study, and you meet them while Haven is looking through those notes. You meet Sean Fields. He's a documentary maker and filmographer based out of Minneapolis with Chris Luther, who he does a lot of filming for because uh, Luther is an extreme sports guy that is a big influencer on social media. Hmm. Uh, He's in his 20s. Uh, He's black. And he's recording all of this. Oh, uh, I've never appeared on camera before. I'm more of an audio medium uh, person myself. Um, uh, what are you intending to do with this footage? I'm documenting everything. 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 All right. Okay. As a distraction to try and let Grace and Haven do their thing, I'm going to try to talk to these guys and also, you know, just try and note anything that they might say about themselves and their lives. Because, of course, I'm asking them, so where do you come from? What's your story? Um, trying to get a little bit more background on them, but also to let Haven and Grace do their investigative work. Go ahead and manipulate someone. Oh, manipulate? Oh, We never no. have to roll those. What is that one plus? Uh, manipulate someone is charm. Oh, oh, that's great for LJ. Uh, even at a f- roll of five, I still end up with an eight. Nice. Dang. I mean, they, they will allow themselves to be distracted by you. I mean, not allow. It, it, it will happen. But the thing is, you're going to have to spill your whole story, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um. I'm just kind of at this point debating on how much I want to like give. I'm like, am I going back to my childhood or <laughs> am I skipping to recent events and yeah, just they talking mostly about want recent events? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you don't have to actually go into that. That's what the podcast is for. Right. But you do meet the rest of them. Maybe I tell them my story about the fifties. Okay. Chad Chadwell. Chad Chadwell. Chad Chadwell. I love it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's got to be Chad Cardwell because they, Cardwell, they seem to have taken okay. his name. So. Cardwell. <laughs> no, I just no, wrote no. it down wrong. Two people met each other and they're like, your last name's Chadwell and my last name's Cardwell. Random name generators. You end up with Bodie McBoatface and you're like, F you. <laughs> Bodie McBoatface is the best. I, I love that. Don't Maybe we will wrong. leave him. Maybe we'll leave him as Chad, so there's Chad, Chad Chadwell. Experience <laughs> with a sense of humor. Yeah. Who is married to uh, Celia Cardwell. Right. <laughs> He is in his late 20s. He's blonde. He looks like he could be almost the twin of Haley. Uh, So it's um, Haley Albert, and you've already met her, and you've already met Hotspur, and then you met uh, Sean. So there was just Chad left. And I mean, he's dressed very nicely, but he doesn't seem like a bad guy. I mean, he's not treating you all like the poor scum of the earth. Right. (laughs) He's treating you like, you know, fellow people who are trying to solve a terrible mystery. Is he a himbo? (laughs) He's a little bit Fred. (laughs) He's a little bit Fred from Scooby-Doo. A little bit. So that all happened, and you guys got to know each other a little bit more. And that gave Haven the time that she needed to figure out a few things. Haven? I come out looking white as a sheet, and I say, this is terrible. I think I've found where all of the missing people are. He's taken them all. 
he says, and he goes between sharp scientists to raving madmen in the same sentence, it seems, but he says, if I harvest enough of their lives in the book worlds, then the spell will succeed. So I think they're all trapped there like we were trying to survive in worlds not their own, where they don't belong. And I think, I, I don't know if you're going to like this, guys, but I think we have to do something. Yes, I immediately flashed to a mental image of um, Chauncey Candlewick lying, screaming and bleeding on the floor of the church. Um, and I uh, wouldn't have felt comfortable leaving him there anyway. Um, but point of order, um, clarification, do you mean uh, all of the people who have gone missing or just the ones from our current time? All of the people who have gone missing in association with the house, the houses. Everybody that Kane's taken. Everyone yeah. that Kane had that has disappeared in conjunction with Lazarus Kane and the houses. I'm okay with that because this Kane guy, I'm ready to punch him in his throat, man. I, I agree. And I'm not one for punching. But I think that I will have to stay here with the book and the pen. <sighs> I'm so glad you said that, Haven, because I thought that I was going to have to convince you to stay behind. I absolutely cannot abide the thought of you going back into one of these worlds when you've been gone for so long. And I agree, you should stay here. But at the same time, if she's not there, how can she bring us out? We'll have to find a way of... Um... Right, so I think that I have to stay here to bring you out. No, I mean, we'll have to find a way... Uh, uh, what do you call those... those um, the things that they used to put in uh, graves? The little bell that, uh, theoretically, if oh, someone right. were buried alive, they could ring the little bell something that would respond to us if we needed help in uh in uh, a fictional setting to alert haven to the fact that uh, she needed to bring us out okay wait let me get this right you both are ready to just write us into some more books to rescue these people i am not willing to leave jacob or you know as as long as we're going back in uh anyone else in there to be consumed by whatever this Lazarus Cain is creating, and I want to find him himself and bring him out, whether he likes it or not, because he needs to to face up to what he's done. Cool. That's all I needed to know, Grace. Let's go get this guy. Oh, Grace, I've missed you so much. Oh, LJ, I'm so glad to hear that. I don't want to force anyone against their will, but I think we can really help out and, and foil Cain's plans and save these people. And I think I can I can make it work with the book and the pen uh, if I can uh, find a way to create a mechanism by which you can come by which you can return independently. I had based on Kane's notes. I think that if like we have done, if we remember, if you remember who you were in that book world, if you remember who you really are, you will exit back to the runic circle. Okay. So we need a, a function of either making ourselves remember... What? Like the or, book and the blood and or the symbols? it might be that simply rescuing the... Simply rescuing the target will trigger the return. But I think that if J Jacob really had been Chauncey all along, he would have come back with us. So I think he's in some somewhere else altogether. Or I is certainly he hope so. part of a different story, or is he part of Kane's story? Oh, we're all part of Kane's story. You say that, LJ, and then you remember hearing that gunshot 
one straight line connecting Jacob Candle to Lazarus Cain at the moment that the runes went off with Cain standing inside of them. You guys, I think for real, Jacob Candle has a serious part to play in this. So far... Do you also... That's the main thing I remember before the confusion in the book. Whoa, I'm not even saying that right. Um, sorry. Okay. No, I know what you're, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, LJ, I, I also seem to recall that. And, um, I just had a thought, which is that, um, these runes were activated by blood and, um, the shooting of Lazarus Cain produced maybe not the blood it was intended to have and may have had a little more of an effect. And you may not remember your purpose either. I remember being Lori and I remember not actually being Lori. So I kind of figured that was going to be the case. When I was Grace, the opera singer, I had a method of communication which involved writing in a book that was a two-way method of communication. Could we maybe... It wasn't created in the fiction, so I don't remember how it was made, but (laughs) could we make something like that? Replicate that across worlds? What if we tore a page from the book and wrote in it? Would it respond? I think that... That is an important component, and I will definitely need to figure that out. I have to research more thoroughly. I have his library. While you're gone, I can be working on that and and find a way to pull you out, perhaps. Are you willing to take the risk and go now, even without that safeguard? How will you know when it's the right time? And how do we, says Haley, and and, I mean, you say you're going to need time to research, and you're going to need that room in there and and wait we're talking about magic (laughs) and i mean lj here was just telling us about um, yes going back to the 50s and so you were in a different time all this time in retrospect that may have been a fictional version of the 50s Uh, i mean this house is closed off are we are we supposed to i don't know keep squatting here what are we gonna do (laughs) well if haven's staying here to write i can set up wards perhaps or Remove the library. Remove the contents of his study. Haven. I'd rather not. I need the. We need the runic circle anyway. I'd. I'll see what I can do about setting some wards up. Uh, yes, and please don't let them do anything like uh, destroy the building while we're inside the runes. Uh, obviously, rent it out. <laughs> let somebody live there. The Happiness Hotel. Ignore the strange noises coming from the library. Such strange noises and lights coming from the old house. Pay no attention to the house behind the curtain. Uh, Haven, two things. If um, I don't know what's happened to my van, but if it's if you do manage to find it and there's a large plastic container that's duct taped very much full of goo, there should be a um, typewriter looking device attached to it and you should be able to communicate with the goo uh tell them i sent you uh and then also you may find (laughs) the others are just staring (laughs) by which i mean tell the goo i will allow jacob to get his hands upon it if it um does anything untoward you also may find an ally in one deputy beeler if he is still in town if you can find him he might be useful you'll have to approach him carefully may take some convincing. Thank you, Grace. I'll take your advice to heart. So some plans are worked out, some more research is done, and Haven says at finally that she is ready. You ready, guys? Who are we going after? 
did did we create a thing we're going to take or is it are we just going to go you this first one anyway you'll just have to go and either rescue your target or remember yourselves in that book world while you're gone i will research further on ways i can pull you out or communicate with you in that in these worlds all right but i think that there's no time to be lost is there anything you can tell us about where we're heading do we just want to pick a book off the shelf? <laughs> the problem, Haven, is that there are hundreds and hundreds of books and only a few people missing. So your spell is going to be geared to sending them after one of the lost. Uh, I can maybe attune to the energy of a specific person. It might help if it's a person I knew. Honestly, I would suggest sending us after Cain because obviously... If you can think about Kane in your writings, then we'll find somebody. Unfortunately, I cannot zero in on a specific person. I can only send you after one of the lost. So we might not even know who. Yeah, I imagine that you might not remember who you are or that you're searching for anyone. Well, um, things escalated rather rapidly in our last foray. Um, so. Oh, man, I hope I don't come back as Chauncey. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I don't think that's likely to happen, LJ. As we met a Lazarus Cain at Castle Cain, there may be Canes in these worlds that you will have to confront. Oh. It may not be the Cain, boss Cain. <laughs> that's, oh, wonderful. There's just no escaping this man. Okay. All right. That's fine. I guess we'll get to just defeat him in every world we enter. A. Laurie of the Angels. <laughs> uh, yeah, do I get to be a badass again? I certainly hope so. I miss your razor whip. <laughs> what this next bit requires is big magic. Ooh. But you have all of the things that you need. You have Haven. You have the uh, occult books that you need. You have the pen and the book. And you have the blood. And you have, because yours, and you have the uh, symbols. All of that working together will send them, you hope, where you want them to go. Haven, one moment before you send us off. I'm going to grab her and give her a big hug. I return the hug with a tear in my eye over the risk the others are assuming. And I look at LJ awkwardly. And I blow you a kiss like I used to do when we were teenagers. And I nod and step back. LJ and Dr. Grace step into the circle of runes. I look over at Grace and grab her hand. I grab LJ's hand. Squeeze gently. Here goes. Haven, roll use magic. Eight. Oh, good. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Casting around, I shrug and jab the pen into my forearm, letting the blood drip onto the runic circle as I write, Find the Lost in the book. Haven, what you see from outside the circle and what the others of the friends and family of the lost see all gathered around is true and very powerful magic. And this will freak them out some, but that's for another day. For right now, you see LJ and Dr. Grace not vanish outright and quickly and immediately, but almost as if they are erased. And then a book falls off of the shelves, smoking to the floor. The title, The Horror of Elk Island. Out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
The Gothic Podcast is an actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Nathan Addison. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, with cover artwork by Jared George Art. Season 2 of The Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Monster of the Week RPG by Michael Sands and the Dead of the Night RPG by Steam Power Publishing, written by Andrew Kenrick. Look us up by name on all the social medias or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for The Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please rate, review, and share. And we have a Patreon page, too. Thanks for listening. <laughs>